Welcome to It Is What It Is, the podcast with me, Danielle Bridge. On our show, we catch up with guests to talk about all sorts of things, including our job, mental health, relationships, and basically everything that we humans experience as we navigate through life. Today's recording is super special to me because I talked to my cousin, Leonie Fisher, about trauma in childbirth when she had her baby during a pandemic. Leonie and I grew up in a tight-knit West Indian family and have remained close in our adulthood, so it was amazing to hear firsthand the experience that my baby cousin went through, and I'm in total awe of her ability to discuss it with me with such openness and honesty. Hello, cuz. Hello. <laughs> right, so for the listeners today, I've got a bit of a um, of an exciting guest today. Not only is she my first cousin, she's my little cousin, and I love her to death, and it's brilliant having family on the podcast today. So welcome, little cuz. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Ah, it's awesome to have you. So the reason why I wanted to reach out and have a conversation with you is because obviously us being family, we were completely aware of new life impending in this pandemic. But I wanted to have a conversation with you about babies during the pandemic and how, what, what, like two major massive life-changing events yes. take place in one year so 2020 yeah. being just the strangest year right yeah it was yeah it was overwhelming and scary and mind-blowing but at the same time you have that excitement because you're having a baby yeah you know and your belly's getting bigger and you're excited I think the first point was constantly hearing from other mum friends because all of my mum friends um had their second child pretty much within a few months of each other as well so that was good yeah but Everyone would say, well, you're not, your husband's not allowed in the hospital. Oh, good and Lord. The stress, I had, a, I had a breakdown. There's no way, yeah, I was on the floor screaming my head off because I was like, I can't do this. I, I cannot do this without Matt. Yeah. Um, he so let's rewind. When did, you, when did you find out you was pregnant? So found out I was pregnant, what would it have been? So I think it was the October. And yeah. complete shock as well. Um, yeah, complete shock. So October, was that 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll apologise to listeners. I've still got baby brains, so my brains are a little bit off. Just I don't go no, 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 no. <laughs> um, So yeah, so I found out I was really excited. Um, it meant another Christmas where I couldn't, you know, quite enjoy it. Still... Yeah, yeah, um, it was good. And we started prepping um, Zach, who was two at the time. He was going to be three in the January. Uh, started prepping Zach for little 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 brother who's going to come along because we found out the sex again um because we thought it might be a girl but it was a boy so I was like no we're gonna find out two gorgeous boys um and yeah it was good but still quite stressful with the thought of viruses going around and I think in the March um in the February me and Zach were really poorly um we didn't go out for a week we were really poorly and we then you start hearing this coronavirus which made us panic more mm. we think do we have it do we not so that would be in the March at the first what is yeah. the first lockdown yeah first lockdown um yeah, it was overwhelming. It was, I was panicking. I was like, there was no data on whether it affected babies in the womb. None. So I was thinking, oh my God, we can't have him in a hospital. Do we have him at home? Is that still safe? What is there been these complications? So all this is in your brain while you're trying to be a mum to a three-year-old, very hyper gorgeous three-year-old. Um, it was a lot. And as you know, the insomnia. Yes. Um, so a couple of hours sleep at night. Max, it, it yeah. was a lot, a lot. I was yeah. in a bit of a funk, and I just sort of—I'm like a Trojan horse. I just go for it. I just push through it, but it's still there at the back of the head. 
Yeah. Um, and it got, I'd say it got worse, probably May. So my niece was born, Leonie was born. Um, very difficult birth, lots of complications. That was quite stressful. And she was in France. And then I was thinking, oh, my God, what if this happens to me? What if this happens to Lucas? And, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a lot to do with. And it's with. intense, isn't it? And I think a it lot is. of you're in a bubble of yeah. chaos. Yeah. And whereas I suppose pre-lockdown, you kind of, and I know, and I know you because you're like me, we've got big support networks, yes. big lots of friends, lots of people that can yeah. kind of help you navigate this stuff. You see no one. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like I didn't even have a second to think how I was feeling. And I'm very aware, I'm very quite self-aware of how I feel and if I'm in a dark place or not, I'm quite self-aware so I can fix it before it gets terrible, basically. Mm. And I found in that moment not having anyone to just relay it off to, because Matt can understand to a certain point, but he's not a woman. He's not, he doesn't yeah. know my he doesn't quite get how my brain works. Yeah. No, I um, agree, I agree. A phone call with my mum wasn't enough and chatting to the friends wasn't enough because they would say, oh it's fine, don't get yourself in a stress. You're fine. Don't stress about it. You can't change it. That doesn't work for me. That means nothing. That's a ridiculous statement. That just goes, oh, like, that's the most unhelpful thing to say. Do you know what? The reason I laugh is because people who are listening to this podcast know that I run mental health first aid training courses. And part of that is to empower people how to support people. One thing you don't ever do is tell people advice don't ever you know oh yeah well you just need to do this or have you thought about that because it's pointless it's useful thank you and it comes from a position of self right and the issue you've got with that is because I'm not you you're not me they're not you you. everything's different everyone's different yeah so just listening to you and saying you know what actually Leonie that sounds really tough thank you it's really hard babes one shift one shift would have changed that conversation on that day and it didn't I got it from at least 10 different mum friends yeah. because they think oh we don't know what to do we don't know what to say we don't know how to fix it for you Leonie so yes. we're just going to tell you not to yeah. feel what you're feeling bury yeah. it no don't bury it because it comes out in terrible ways it does come out in terrible ways it does, oh. it does. oh babes so and obviously you've mentioned about insomnia and can you tell us a little bit more about what that is so I've had insomnia for god it must be what 12 12 years something like that um it was so there's obviously different levels of insomnia and chronic being the worst so I had um I'd say maybe five years ago before that chronic insomnia as in I would go seven days without sleeping right and and if you watch any documentaries or speak to any health professionals that is like red alert danger levels like you should not be driving you should not be you know you shouldn't be able to function mm. some way somehow I managed to function I might be a bit erratic at the time mm. but yeah I just I get this weird little burst of energy it's really odd um the worst thing about insomnia is how it's diagnosed um they treat it as if it's a byproduct of something else so you've definitely got depression Leone that's why you've, you're insomniac you've got depression that's why you can't sleep uh, actually no um, I just have one of those brains where I just think about everything. Like I analyze everything. If I watch a film, I'll, it will buzz around in my brain. Or if I read a book or if I do any art, I'll think, right, did I get that bit right? My brain just doesn't want to sleep. That's the issue. And when you go to people who are meant to help you, say, no, you've got to go on antidepressants. You've, you've got to have this. You've got to have that. And there's nothing wrong with antidepressants. I'm going to put that out there. But they make me feel like a zombie. Like I'm not myself. Like I can't. I'm just like walking around, just not 
being me mm. and I find it really difficult but then you've got the other di- dangerous side which is um sleeping tablets highly addictive short-term use only and yeah that's a slippery slope so you kind of there is not really a lot of help for insomniacs if I'm mm. honest with you yes and um, it's and look, it sounds as if you've tried a few of them as well because yeah. I always tell people you know with any kind of any challenge that we're living with there yeah. there are options for people yes I don't whatever I don't say is oh yeah you should do that right because that's yeah. <laughs> different there are yeah. things that we can access as yeah. humans in terms of med- yeah. medical routes or therapy that yeah. might be I've tried all of it so the hypnotherapy I tried I thought that was quite good that was very interesting I find is it CBT is it CBT, cognitive? Yeah. I didn't gel that well with that one um then had normal therapy um and still felt like I couldn't get to the root of it so what I actually asked for I asked the doctors again and again for months and months at the early stages was please let me go in a sleep study hook me up to a machine I will defy the odds you will not believe what my brain's doing let me go on one of these and you know I was told this is a god's honest truth I cannot tell you who said it because they'll probably get arrested but crash your car because you're you haven't slept say, say that again yet. say that again because we, we they said unless you pretty much crash your car because you haven't slept you won't get in a sleep study they're like gold dust wow and I went so you're I went, are you actually joking I mean because if you'd have said and I said I remember saying clear as a bell I said if you'd have said that to anyone else they'd have done exactly that to get in a sleep study because yeah. that's you're in that high need to sleep you know everyone tells you you need sleep and yeah, and I just couldn't believe it. I was gobsmacked as a doctor. I'm, I'm gobsmacked. I'm gobsmacked. As a doctor. I just can't, yeah, I can't believe that. But you know what? I'm I wish I was surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, you're not. I, I, yeah, I really wish. And actually so, there, so you couldn't so I've never been able to get on a sleep study because no, I'm not crashing my car. So. Yeah, don't want to crash a car. Yeah. Now especially you. Yeah, I don't want to live, you know. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so has it has it changed or has, does it present differently yes. for your mum? Yes. So I get um it was heightened, I'd say solid for about six years. And then I started seeing a shift. I don't know if that was because of me or what was happening in my life. I can't really pinpoint what made it change. But then I had bouts of it. So I would go a few weeks where it was good, maybe even a month, and then I'd get a bout of it. And I knew as soon as that crest came, as soon as it hit five days, Matt was on. It's like, right, we need to do this, this, and this, and this. Um, and it was lovely having that extra support. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really, really good. So we had bouts of it. And then wedding, that, was, that caused all sorts of chaos. Um, actually, the one that made it worse mm-hmm. was trying to have. Oh, it was, it was a good day. <laughs> I, I'd say I was like, it was quite good. I was getting there. I, I felt in a good place. And then, and it, as you know, didn't didn't go really to plan. I was a planner. I like to know when things are going to happen. Right, I'm going to have babies in the next couple of years. And that couple of years turned into, I think it was like four and worst point of my life ever when I actually needed sleep the most yeah it just stopped it just stopped it was it was bad I was having like 30 minutes maximum and then I was up like um and yeah I mean we was going through all sorts of stuff you know um it was it was a very difficult time however then we had Zach naturally so yay yay Um, yay. and you know what about you getting pregnant with him naturally after all of that work all of that stress and then suddenly go away on holiday yeah like go on holiday right so I'll give you I'll I'll set the stage for everyone go on holiday and I was spotting so I thought there's no way I'm on you know there's no way I'm pregnant because I'm spotting like you know 
go on holiday every smell of me I wanted to throw up and I actually threw up so I just kept throwing and I thought oh I've got food poisoning my mum said Leonie I I think you need to take a test darling you know I'm in France like and I bit her head off there's no way I'm not pregnant you know it was it was really I I, I did apologize but it's not the point (laughs) so my mum rang Matt and said when she gets home get her to do a test he sat me down I was like this like a child face up ignoring everyone so I only do a test did a test, broke into a million, see, I'm going to get emotional, broke into a million pieces in my bathroom upstairs, the door locked, um, ran into the door with the test that said I was pregnant. <laughs> that gets better. I've opened the door, I was like, Matt, screaming at the top of my lungs. I fell downstairs. <laughs> I'm so excited. I didn't know what was happening. Oh, God, it was so funny. So shoved the test, the wee stick in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Like he was screaming, we were all screaming, it was yeah. the best day of our lives. Um, so yeah, and then oh. it eased. My body was so tired of being pregnant, so the insomnia eased. And then when Zach was born, it came back in massive, it just it just attacked me. However, for the first time in my whole insomnia battle, I loved it. I loved being an insomniac because I stare at that beautiful baby boy mm. all night and I would still be smiling in the morning with no sleep thinking, you're here, yeah. you're mine. I was just besotted. Um, and I did the same with the second. It yeah. came back, did the same with Lucas. I still stare at him now. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, my kids. You know, I remember saying to you at one point, like, this is probably where being an insomniac is going to be beneficial to you. Yes, you did. Most people. You're the only one who said it. Well, actually, do you know what? I remember when I had, when I had Seb and the sleep, the lack of sleep, I was just gobsmacked at the amount of times I was up in the night with him and how difficult I found it. But I suppose the difference between me and a lot of my peers at that time you know, I used to hear people going, oh, you should just, you know, don't sleep during the day because you want to try and get the baby into a routine. And, yeah. you know, you want to try and do this and you want to try. And, and I remember buying my friend, Helen, actually. Helen, if you're listening, bless you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but it didn't work for me. Do you remember that book? The um, One of those books, I can't remember what her name is now. That like woman. Sleep training books. Yeah. And she's telling you about how, you know, you've got to put the baby to sleep and ignore yeah. it and stuff. And my mum, your auntie. <laughs> Well, I I can't tell you online what she said because it's (laughs) it's a friendly show, but she, under no certain terms, made it very clear that that was not the way that it was going to work for me as her daughter. I love her. And saying, don't make me come over there, Danielle, and get rid of that book. Don't make me come (laughs) over You know, that kind of thing. And that's that's soft, right? And actually, once she said, just let go, when the baby wakes up, when he wakes up, and yeah. he needs you be there. And when he's asleep, you sleep. And if the house is yeah. a is a mess, then so what? It doesn't matter. It, and it's so I, funny because it's literally exactly what my mum said. Because we can't, certain parents can sleep trying their children. Nothing wrong. Everyone has their own stuff. I, I, I don't want to be that mum shaming yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it no, no, not no, within no. my soul to do it. When my kid cries, I freak out. Yeah, and no. I, I feel like I get anxiety. Yeah. I've got to be there. So my firstborn didn't sleep through the night until he was 19 months old. 19 months old yeah. up yeah. and down multiple times do you know he's three and he still gets up in the middle of the night yeah. Lucas is no different and don't know if you can see you can see it Danielle but he has to come in with me at three o'clock in the morning I can't yeah. cope yeah I can't get in that cot again I'm like no, no. oh you got in the cot I got no, in the cot. I get in the cot with him 
like, oh, I'll try everything. I'll yeah. sit on the chair, I'll lay on the floor, I'll hold his hand. I just can't leave him to scream and cry. I just can't do it. Yeah. And and I, I, I wish I could because, yeah, he probably would be better if he slept more. But I just, yeah, I'm like, they're only little for so long. I just want to squidge him. Leonie, your, your, your cousins, my, my children, your second cousins are 13 and 11 and I can't get them out of bed. There you so, go. Both. It, do you know what? Because it's such a short space of time. And actually, yeah. when they were little, in some really weird way, I was really glad that they wanted and needed me. It was a privilege to be there and yeah. they wanted me. And I yeah. and I'm, it's interesting because I could, this is a Zoom call for those of you that are listening, but you got a bed in the background. Me and my yeah. children had our own bed. My my husband had our marital bed. And we're oh, 100 billion percent. Matt's upstairs in the spare yeah. room. Yeah. I've got the super king, me and Luke's. Yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember people saying to me, oh, you know, and again, it's that whole opinion. And I'm glad you said what you said earlier about, you know, those that can sleep train, absolutely wicked. Because actually, yeah. Helen, bless her, it worked for her. Brilliant, yeah. perfect. But for me, I couldn't do it. And I remember sleeping in beds and people saying to me, oh my God, what you mean you're separating yourself from your husband and I'm like yeah, yeah absolutely. I get that a lot I, I get that a lot and it's yeah. quite I, I don't know how you feel but I actually find it quite upsetting yeah. like because he's my husband I love him we're together like we've just had another baby yeah. there's nothing wrong in our relationship but we have to make sure that the two kids are okay yes and, and, and yeah. also that Doug could go to work at night in the morning because that's oh, what yeah. happened is I'd go actually and also I breastfed which was interesting because say to me well right. You know, he doesn't have to give the bottle because if you're breastfeeding, but he could go and get the baby. You know, he could go and get the baby and bring him over. But now, why? If he's asleep, and also he's got a mortgage to pay and he's got to look after his family. Yeah, sleep at night. And I, quite frankly, didn't want to have my babies away from me. So yeah, we slept in, but in the same bed, me and my kids slept together, which obviously you probably shouldn't do, and all of that stuff. But my health is it was fab. She was like, "You got to do what you got to do to survive motherhood." Let's be honest. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do in order you to have and everyone has their own ways of doing it but that's yeah. how we did it you're listening to it is what it is the podcast we hope you're enjoying this episode as we strive to bring you interesting conversations about the things that really matter if you'd like to hear more please subscribe but for now let's get back to that conversation the other point for me was I, I, I breastfed as well. Um, I had a, as you know, I had a really, really traumatic birth with Lucas. Um, I'm still mm. working through that, mm. still working through it. Shockingly enough, I still am not over it a year. Um, certain things trigger it and I just, I feel like I'm in a wave that just takes me. It's horrendous. So because he was born in such a difficult situation, I just don't want to let that little kid go. I don't, like, so when he hit a year, I was so emotional. I was yeah. like, you can't be a year. You can't. You're my baby. Stop it. And then he walks. Oh, like, yeah. sit down. <laughs> and for those of you that are listening, in terms of um, your trauma, obviously, without going into too much detail, it just involves a brand new car, right? I mean, that's all we can Yeah. So I'll give it to you in a, in a, like, a hot minute. It sounds really glamorous because I, I, everyone who hears this is like, oh, yeah, the best birth ever. I'll explain after why it wasn't. So I sat on the top of the stairs at one, one something o'clock in the morning playing a game on my phone. Water's broke. That was quite exciting because my waters were broken for me um, on the first birth. So I've gone running into Matt. You know, oh, it's a broke. He's asleep. So hitting the pillow. Wake up. Three minutes later, I collapsed um, on the floor in 
absolute like agony I've never felt in my entire life agony like I was what the sounds coming out of me were like a dying animal mm. um Matt freaked out obviously instantly right now there's something wrong um not to be obviously too grotesque but a lot of blood yeah and obviously if you've you know having a baby that's the last thing you want to see Absolutely. so from getting there to the hospital we got a little one upstairs we called our mother-in-law to come round. Um, trying to get ourselves ready. I couldn't even get down the stairs considering I was a very heavy pregnant woman. My husband had to try to carry me. That was embarrassing. Um, but he also obviously realised what was happening like with everything. So we, if I'm brutally honest, we thought baby wasn't alive. Mm. So for 41 minutes it took for that little one to come out, 41 minutes to drive in in the car, in the back of the car, holding on to my son's car seat, silent while I was trying to hold his head in. His head had already come out oh, before yeah. we left our house um trying to hold on thinking please for the love of god be alive that's all i kept thinking is please 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 then we got there to the hospital it was um the summer solstice so everything was chaos i swear there was werewolves roaming the world at the time there was about 50 extra people having kids there's a lady having a baby on the hospital floor two minutes ahead of me wow um so i gave birth to my boy in the back of my husband's two-week-old mercedes um, and I held his head and I caught him. Thank God I brought a towel because he was left oh. just outside of, like outside in the car, just, we were just left because they didn't have a grab bag. Um, so it's really traumatic. Well, really I'm not traumatic. surprised, love. And do you know what? Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, like I said, people do think it's quite glamorous, you know. In the back it's of the quick head. because it's the 41. Oh, my God, oh, 41 minutes. I can't, your body's meant to do it naturally. The whole, one thing I say to everyone, it's meant to open naturally. You've got 10 hours and stuff to dilate. When you dilate like that, yeah. everything is wrecked. Yeah, absolutely. Scary. Yeah, bless you. But he was fine when he and cried. I, God, I need to collapse. It was, yeah, yeah I'm not extra. And I'm, to be honest with you, we talk an awful lot about kind of trauma <laughs> in mental health and you know, signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder where people are having flashbacks and like you oh, said, me. 100 billion by that. And it's, I had a, a midwife on our show uh, a couple of months ago who was talking about trauma in birth and how those things need to be looked at and processed and what that yeah. process looks like in terms of yeah. debriefing yeah. and understanding the process so you can help to understand and process yeah. that while you get better and while you heal maybe- I had a debrief I mm. had a debrief I really did push it but it's on the individual to do it they won't make you do it it's on the individual and I really fought tooth now to get my debrief because I just couldn't wrap my head around it like why did this happen to me why why did I do something wrong is there something wrong with my body it makes you question having another like yeah. I don't think we will because it was that bad for me um 41 minutes longest 41 minutes of my life um, and then after, obviously, because I had to get out of the car and I had to take the baby, he wasn't put on my chest for what felt like forever. Yeah. Um, Zach was born chucked straight on there, like straight to me. And all I wanted to do was hold my child, not people touch me that like I don't know who they are. Remember, you're, if you can imagine, it, you're on all fours, like people touching me, you don't know. And I'm like, just get off me and give me my baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. my baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And I still, yeah, I still definitely have like flashbacks. I was for the first six months of Lucas's life, I was waking up in a panic at night, mm-hmm. and then I just refused to sleep because I wanted to make sure he was breathing. Like so, touch his chest, right? It's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Touch yeah. his chest, it's okay. And it was, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a, a lot. lot. And then you're in pandemic, viruses, and all sorts of other nonsense going on. It was oh, I needed my mum really badly in that, and I, she, she couldn't, you know, obviously be with me 
for a lot of it because she was in France and obviously she couldn't come. She wasn't part of our bubble. Um, so it was a lot. But yeah, it's been a traumatic time, babe. Yeah, it really has. A traumatic time, really, yeah, really, really traumatising. But it was his first birthday. Yes! And he's perfect. So everyone, is, he was born perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and he's very, very yummy. I mean, he's... Yeah. Both yeah. of your boys, they're just, they've got oh, these they're just gorge munch their faces. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they're beautiful, beautiful children, honey. And I Thank think you. it's so important to hear these real life stories and yeah. the fact that you're laughing and the fact that you can think you can get through it. Yeah, and push forward, but also acknowledge talking. Yes, thank you. Mm. You know, it I think it's really, really key that people acknowledge what they've been through not try and push it underneath yeah. the carpet not try yeah. and get rid of it not try well actually you've got two happy healthy children now why do you need to think about that that's not how it works thank you that's another one that people say oh but he was born fine I'm like oh wow yeah. what a statement there's no yeah. I genuinely am pushing for every single human being on the planet to go through some kind of mental health awareness training <laughs> so I you really do think you should like t- 100 billion percent because there are some people that aren't maybe as self-aware as me and and you and they God, they will struggle so much in that if they was in the same scenario, really badly. And here, um, mums with post-traumatic, um, oh, is it post-traumatic or depression? Disorder, yeah. Hiding it. And post-traumatic Hiding depression, it. yeah. It's yeah. not, like, I, don't, I never had it, but I had a close friend that did, won't obviously name names because it's not my story to tell. But she really went through it. And I just feel like I wish she'd have just said, like, I'm going through this, will somebody please help me and not think that you're going to get shamed for it. There's no shame in it. None whatsoever. There's no I don't know why people think there is, but yeah, it's sad. Do you know what? You mentioned something that is stigma and it's stigma about anything to do with our our mental well-being, anything yeah. to do with what happens up here. We struggle. Some people think about. it's weakness and it's not. Absolutely. It's one of the bravest things you can do to talk about yeah. your challenges. You yeah. know, and but you have to have more people like you, more people like me, more people like the guests on my show. Yeah. Talk about these things and normalize it. That's my yes. that's my my mission is to normalize the difficulties and the life yeah. experiences we go through so that other people can empathize and understand and see what you yeah. need it, right? Yeah, and it's just I just feel like if everyone would just have those conversations, they'd feel more empowered and confident and oh I, I can relate to you because I went through something similar and then they'll maybe make them feel okay it was okay to feel that way you know it's okay it's okay I think that's the main thing that just drives me mad that people like just try and bury things it doesn't help it doesn't help no it comes well it always comes back up it always comes back up and it's there it's unresolved and it'll come out one way or another oh yeah 100 million percent and that's the scary bit is how does it come out it comes out in some scary stuff sometimes and that's why we gotta do it yeah change the world amen we're gonna change (laughs) So just a couple of things just to kind of finish off our combo, babe. Um, going through that child rearing during yeah. lockdown, what did you find fundamentally the hardest thing to bring up a baby during this pandemic? Yeah, this is a good one. I felt, I had my husband there, obviously, and he worked from home, which was great, um, as probably loads of people did, and I will cannot thank the pandemic for that enough, because that was a huge highlight for me. I needed him with every breath I took, um, but I felt really alone. I felt adrift from everyone, I felt separate, like I was, yeah, and obviously I've, I've got a three-year-old as well. Um, yeah, I felt, yeah, alone. You know, I wanted my mum friends. I wanted my mum. I wanted my other friends. I just, I just wanted people. I wanted contact. I wanted a cuddle. I wanted someone to grab me really tight and cuddle me and say, "You did good. You're okay." 
and I didn't get that and it was like am I doing okay like am I doing right by Lucas am I yeah and it's just it was a lot it was a lot to deal with um so, so yeah like when Zach came along I say that again sorry so different from when Zach came oh so different like the whole I feel like everyone turned up when Zach was born everyone got to see him and squid him and and actually has had I don't know if anyone else is feeling this who's had a baby in lockdown a huge effect on Lucas um he had his health assessment did really well he's developing really really well um but he is super clingy um now I'll, I'll go into that just an extra detail kids that are clingy not a problem but the health is it was explaining to me there's levels of clinginess and she's starting to see that because of lockdown any lockdown babies are extra clingy because they've not been around as many people they've not been to classes they've not done anything they, they're scared of people so my mum um came to visit to see lucas for his first birthday screamed his face off when his nana jill comes screams his face off um he only likes like four people it's really like stressful and I get embarrassed because I think I know you want to cuddle him but you can't touch him it will lose his head in your face yeah like, I can't we alone I can't do anything alone like come in the bath come on like it's it is an extra layer to deal with once everything started opening up and you'd get excited to see people he's like no don't don't let anyone he'd cling to me like shake um but she said it's, you know, in this world where we are, it's normal. But it makes me really sad, really sad. Because yeah. if everyone could see what I see with him, it, you know, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it, I mean, I've not even met him. It's been a year. I know. Him. And, you know, we went to the christening for Zach's and... Yeah, and birthdays and you think we visited, yeah. like, oh. Yeah, so it's been all hard, hard, isn't it? We've missed these massive milestones. Yeah huge events I mean you can't yeah. get any bigger than life do you know what I mean yeah. and it makes me angry but there's nowhere to direct that anger yes. that's a difficult one because I just go to the gym and I just beat the hell out of a punching bag but there is anger there every time I think god why I missed out on that and he missed out on that um that can be difficult tricky to overcome mm. do you know what it's one thing I do teach um which is which might be quite helpful um and I'm gonna get a tattoo. Have you got any tattoos? I don't think. No, I'm a I'm a wuss. Don't yeah. touch my skin. No, no, I don't do needles. <laughs> In our family, that's tattooed. Oh, my brother Vince is my brother. Ben, is. yeah, Ben's got yeah. a tattoo. Yeah, your brother, my cousin, he's got loads of tattoos. So I'm gonna get one, and it's only this year that I've decided to get one. Oh God, I'm excited. I've been saying this so much throughout the lockdown when I've been delivering training because all my training went online and I was doing an awful lot yeah. via Zoom and if you can imagine the mental health demand in terms of training oh, space went through the roof so in yeah. terms of my business um ABC Life Support it all became about the mental health space yeah. and I was doing an awful lot of work and so one thing that kept me going throughout this was the term in my mind it is what it is yeah and it's yeah. so important that I'm going to have that tattooed in script on my arm. I love I that. Genuinely believe in that because you yeah. were talking about, you know, trying to direct this stuff, direct these emotions. Feelings, have, yeah. But what we sometimes have to do, and you've got a great way of, of you know, processing yours, is to understand that there's nothing that we can do for certain things. Mm -hmm. And actually, yeah. if we can just process and go, you know what? It is what it is. There's nothing I can do about that. So let's look there you at go. Yeah. right now for what it is that I've got to my at my disposal yeah. right now. And yeah. for me, it's a grounding um, sentence, yeah. a grounding phrase, and it helps me to just sit in the moment rather than going, well, actually, I haven't been able to do this, and I haven't been able to do that, yeah. and that's happened, and that because that's over there now, I can't do much about it. Exactly, yeah. And that's one 
one thing I think probably a lot of us struggle with, I know I do, is letting go of things that I have no control over. That is probably my worst thing. I just I just cannot manage to get that little yeah. thing that would help me in life. I just can't do it. I get stressed about the randomest things, but I can't do anything to change it. <laughs> Lucas didn't have a birthday party like Zach. Let it go, woman. You can't change it. Like, and I say it to myself, and I talk to myself like this is hilarious, but I have to do it because I just say, just stop, just stop it, just get out of your head. Yeah. But that's what insomnia doesn't do very well for me, is it makes you go over and over and over and over and over. Your brain is meant to sleep so that you can recharge and then you can take a breath. If you don't sleep, you don't get to take a breath. You don't get to do. So I have to go to the gym and I have to do things to just get out of my brain because yeah. um, it's with me 24 so it is it's tricky but I love that statement and it's funny because it is what it is is what my, what granddad Lonnie always says he says it all the time so Leone is it, what it is. that's what my, my dad is. that's where I got it from mum which is uh, Leone's, Leone's dad's uh, sister so that's how we're yeah. there you go it must be family it's, uh, he, it's his motto it's what he lives by so isn't it funny I love it I can't wait to tell him I can't wait to tell him I love it <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, lockdown baby, living with insomnia, differences between your first birth and your second birth. Yeah, and And mum guilt, mum guilt. Yeah, mum guilt, babes, mum guilt. My mum said, you're right, you know, you get mum guilt from the day you conceive until the day you die. And it's something you have to get your head around. It's something that comes with the territory, right? We're always questioning whether or not we're doing a good job or, you know, whether or not we've, we've done right by them. I think that's something that you and I, uh, as we get older, and like I said, you know, Hermione and Sebastian are, are 13 and 11, oh and it gets, goes, oh, it gets easier. It does get easier. And, and that's what I like. I want that. It will get easier. I think it's definitely always worse when they're younger. Um, but when, I don't know, I hope it gets better anyway. Well, when I say get better, I'm, I should have a bit. caveat to that. It gets better in the fact that they sleep well, but their emotional yeah. needs are, they need, higher. are their demands are different, aren't they? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Just a completely different, different set of challenges, you know. Yeah. But it's 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 all good. It's all good. It's not and we all. wouldn't change it for the world. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do love being a mum, I have to say, best thing ever. Love yeah, it. it is, it is wouldn't awesome. change it. I love it. It is awesome. Right, yeah, no, it's it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Cars. It was amazing. It's been beautiful. And if you're listening to this, remember, you know, in terms of trauma from birth, any kind of mental health difficulty that you're going with, going through as a result of perhaps something like insomnia or yeah. you know anything that you're that you're processing now as a result of giving birth during lockdown, reach out. There is support out there for yeah. you. And just yeah, Leonie's Leonie said it all, right? You've been listening to the It Is What It Is podcast presented by Danielle Bridge and produced by Defresh Productions.